Hi, it's Matt. Welcome to Money Lab. I'm titling this episode, Reflecting on Failure. (laughs) Because I failed. The last, between 2021, 2023, I feel like a failure. And that's a good thing. And let me explain. So in 2021, uh, what was that? July, I would say. I decided, with some help, to start selling my own physical products on some university. The reason that I decided to do that was twofold. One, somebody did a podcast and somebody sent it to me. It was on Niche Pursuits, and it was a guy named Andy Humphrey, and he had this pod, he had this episode that he did talking about his business, but he had mentioned me in it. And so somebody said, hey, this guy mentioned you. So I listened, of course, because I'm vain. (laughs) And he said, if Matt from Sumer University decided to sell his own products, he would dominate. And I went, okay. So I, I reached out to him and I said, how? How would you do this? And he taught me. And I said, oh, okay. Yeah, I would, I'd, be, I'd be willing to try that. So the second fold is that, one, I'd be willing to try it because it's interesting. And yeah, I can make more money and expand my business. But two, at the time, I was running Money Lab. And I thought this would make for a really great experiment. And so I thought, okay. Now, he actually knew a guy who, could, who was in the pool space and hooked me up. So easy, easy. Step number one, I got, a, I got a person who could supply me the product. Two, that person taught me how to buy a, uh, or, or invest in a warehouse and ship it automatically with Shopify. I was like, oh, okay. No money out of pocket. Great. I made a $5,000 investment and it took a couple months for it to all come through and be ready to sell. And I did it. And I sold out of that product immediately. And I thought, holy shit, this is it, baby. So that's what happened. That's how it started. And I ended up in the D2C world, which stands for down to clown. No, it stands for direct to consumer. And all of a sudden, I'm not in the education business anymore. I'm in the D2C business. I'm in the, I'm in the physical product space. And it, was, and it felt good. Still feels good. Still doing it. But I made some mistakes because I'm not familiar with this at all. Now, I'm familiar with running a retail store because that's what I did for many years. That made a lot of sense to me. Especially in pools. I, I understood that world. And a lot of it was parallel. There was a lot of parallels. But, you know, and, and in my retail experience, I used to buy product as cheap as I could get it. Buy just enough that I need it for the, for the season. Stock the store. Set up, you know, make the store easy to navigate. A lot of those... A lot of those things translate well, you know, having retail experience translates pretty well in the online experience. But when I was doing those things, 
I wasn't in charge of the money. That's where things got a little off for me because I don't know how to manage money cash flow. I just never something I had to do because my business has always been profitable because I sold digital products. I never had overhead. Now, all of a sudden, I have overhead. So I wrote this all down in a, in a journal entry back in November, and I just want to share it with you. If you're thinking about this, learn from my mistakes. And I've failed many times, and I'm not ashamed of this by any means. I think it was a good experiment. I think it was worth doing. And I'm obviously continuing to do it, so it's not even over. But this happened, and I want to reflect on it. And I've changed my practices, and I've changed how I thought about it. But here it is. So I said to myself, let's take a look at the numbers first. I'm going to pull up everything we spent on buying products, shipping, selling, and profit for the lifetime of us selling physical products. And in our case, we sold pool and hot tub chemicals that were white labeled. So these are chemicals that exist in the market that we took and slapped our label on. And one of the differentiators for us was to provide education along with those products. Okay. So the date range for this, for these numbers, are between October of 2021, and this is after my first initial, this is like the first month when I started selling products, and October of 2023. So this is two, a two-year span, okay? Two-year span. Inventory purchases, so the amount of product that we bought over two years was roughly $205,000. <laughs> That is a lot of inventory, my friends, a lot of inventory. We paid to ship this, not just to our customers, but to ship it to ourselves. So I would buy the product. I would buy, you know, let's say a, a two, 2,500 bottles of this product and it would have to ship into our warehouse. So they would ship it from the supplier to the warehouse so it could be stored and shipped, from, shipped out to our customers from there. So that costs money and shipping each product to our customer costs money. Total, it was about $95,000. So roughly, I'm just putting this to get, together, about $300,000 to just sell physical products over two years, okay? Now, that $205,000 that I spent, which, that's my money. That's, that was money we had. That's not, uh, we didn't take a loan. We didn't use credit. That was cash. We bought that. So, and that's still the way we operate, where I don't borrow. Probably stupid. I don't ride debt. I don't like debt. So that money was ours. Now, we have, that's, that's an asset because we have product. So that's not like wasted money. The, the shipping certainly is. But it has to get to the customer somehow, so I guess, you know. But $100,000 just to ship? 
That's, that, that feels like a punch in the gut, but hey, that's what it costs. All right, now, that's not it, friends, because that just means you have product and it can be shipped to customers. So you can deliver the product, you have the product, you can deliver the product, great. Now you gotta sell the product. So how do you do that? Well, that was with advertising. We, we, we ran ads on Google, we ran Google ad, shopping ads and we ran Facebook and Instagram ads. Over two years, $258,000, oh, $260,000 to round it up. That's how much, insane, insane amount of money, all right? Now, net sales, net sales, not profit, $455,000 after taxes and, and return, any returns. If you're doing the math, <laughs> you already know that we didn't make any money. In fact, we lost money. All right, now, I reflected on this. I said, if we did zero advertising, so if we didn't spend that $260,000 in advertising, if we did zero advertising, we would have made only $155,000 after two years. But we certainly spent more than that to advertise to sell these products. So what went wrong? So here's what, here's what, there's the story. So at first we did well because we only invested $5,000 for two products, two SKUs, and pitched it to our email list and sold out. We actually made money on that run because it was a drop, quote unquote, a, you know, a drop. Our audience had never seen this before and it was the perfect timing. October was perfect for this drop. A lot of people wanted to support us because we had been building up this goodwill for so long and our investment was limited. We probably made $12,000 in sales, which means we profited it close to $7,000 in one month. Pretty good out of the gate. But then, the next time we got more inventory, which we got more of, the sales weren't the same via email. Our list had already seen this offer. Nothing changed. Nothing was interested. Nothing was interesting. There was no reason for the same mass purchase event. And we were forced to start advertising. Yeah, that makes sense, right? So you had this fresh list of, you know, the small list. I think at the time, I think it might've been 10,000 people. And we had $5,000 worth of product. It wasn't a lot of product. And I sent an email out. I was like, hey, introducing this new product. It was, you know, three, I think we did three or four emails pitching it. I told people how much we had left in stock. Like it was a limited supply. It was a drop and it, and it sold out. This is an entire business model, by the way. This is like, you see this in fashion where, hey, we have a limited edition t-shirts and we only have 150 and we're going to drop it on this day and you sell out. Beer has the same thing. A lot of industries have this. Pool chemicals, eh, not so much. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. All right. Now, we were forced to start advertising. So I thought just by replacing our affiliate links with our own products that it would make money. I actually know that number 
because I looked it up. We sold a product that was very similar, and I looked up how many we sold in Amazon. And I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's how many we could sell. But that's Amazon. That's not our Shopify store. So you're definitely losing conversion right there. But honestly, if we just did that with some minor sales via email, we could have made this work. However, we would have ordered way less inventory. So that initial $5,000 we made back in a month, what I should have done is just do it again. Just get another couple hundred units for $5,000 and then sold that until I sold out. But that's not what I did. I bought a lot more because I thought, well, this is what this works. Let's just, let's just, let's pad our inventory. So I spent a lot more capital. I spent more than the 7,000 we made. Also, I got better pricing because I wasn't buying low, low quantities. I was buying higher quantities. So I got better pricing. So my margins went up a bit, not by much, but it went up. And my margins were always good, by the way. Now, where did I go wrong? The ads are what killed us. The paid advertising killed us. They gave me a false sense of real sales. I was moving the product, but I wasn't making any money off of it. I was breaking even or probably losing money on every sale, and I was hoping there would be a repeat business, but I did nothing to push that. So, to interpret that, I didn't offer subscriptions, I didn't send enough emails, etc. This resulted in a in huge profit, or sorry, huge revenue gains, but low profit. We technically profited the same amount as before, but our profits went to buy inventory and not to us. So, honestly, we could continue selling physical products if we wanted to. In fact, we have to. But advertising without the LTV, the increased LTV, does not make sense. So we have a lot of inventory right now and we have to sell it, but it's all paid for. So we can do this the way that I should have done it in the very beginning. So that's the lesson. I bit off more than I could chew. I got into an industry that I knew a lot about. I mean, I know a lot about pool chemicals and hot tub chemicals. And I just, tried, I just kept buying more stuff. And I didn't do the small tests. That first time was smart. 5,000 bucks, small investment for us. Made, made seven, made sense. It's like, okay, got it. Should have just repeated that. Repeat it, see what happened, try it again. I would have learned that, oh, right. I burned the list. They're not gonna, the, the drop isn't gonna work again. So I had to figure out how to be consistent and not do ads, not do ads. And I'll, but, but hear me out for a second. So if I could have done that and, and set up repeat business and figured that part out first, then I could have slowly started to ramp up ads and just made, and did it small, slow and steady. So to where I could get it profitable, knowing that my LTV would be high. Now, again, this is two years. So two years isn't actually a long enough period of time for this type of business. You really don't start making any money until after two years. So what's interesting is that 
We've gone two years. I still have a ton of inventory, but we've stopped running ads. And so now I'm going to make all that money back because we're selling it naturally. We're selling it the way I should have done from the very beginning and then scaled ads slowly, trying little things here and there, spending little bits amount of money, you know, amplifying organic content that I know already works. But that's not what I did because I started running ads. I started getting really into this. And yes, we were selling units, but we weren't making any money. We weren't making any profit. And my hope was, well, and everyone kept telling me, well, yeah, you'll make all your money in the, LT, you know, in the, the next sale. And I'm like, okay, that, that checks out. Sure, I get that. But my next sale isn't per month. It's like, it was a three to four month gap, maybe six months. So again, it would have taken years to, 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 see, to see this, but I had nothing set up. I didn't set that up yet because I was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to even have the product or it's, if it's going to change. And that was another mistake that I made. So let me just go through what I learned, what I learned, because I listed this all out. So one, I spent too much money on advertising without understanding CAC and LTV. Yeah, that's true. I learned that. I could, I mean, it's fixed now, but yeah, I didn't know it from the very beginning. I bought way too much inventory based on our sales via paid advertising. We bought, we overbought so that we would never be out of stock, but we didn't save any money to buy more. So we diluted our core message, which really, I think, hurt us. I had to constantly decide what to advertise in our emails and on our website and in our videos and with our paid advertising. And I always chose physical products because we had capital tied up in it. But that capital that we originally had came from selling digital products. So had I, had I focused on selling digital products, our message would have gotten a lot clearer to our audience. We are an education company. We want to help you save money. And then sell them chemicals later not make that the first thing. So I learned that what we should have done is not put our chemical or our physical product foot forward first. We are an education company. Hey, you're now, you're now a lead. Hey, by the way, you know we have chemicals for sale. We, we can help you. We can, you know, that's what we should have done. And we are doing now. Number four, I didn't have full control over the product and how it was shipped. It would have cost us more had I done that, but I think it could have helped us. I wanted a great customer experience and it was pretty clear I wasn't getting that. There was a time, so with, there was one time where I bought, uh, so I, I was selling chemicals at first and then I thought, I want to get into uh, uh, cleaning tools. So I, I ended up buying these pool brushes. And I had tested them. I had them. <sighs> and I bought. And, and what was nice about that specific deal was I didn't have to pay for them up front. I paid for them later. So it was nice because it, well, I didn't have capital tied up into, the, into these products. I just sold them later. But I sold them through email and I sold them through ads. And I broke even on them 
but they turned out to not, I had a lot of returns because they, they didn't hold up and I was really disappointed. And I was like, oh, man, this is not what I want. I have no control over the quality of this product. I can't make it better. I can't, I can't do this. It's not my skill set, right? That sucked. That felt, I, I mean, I made it right for those customers and those customers were like, your customer service is unbelievable. I'm like, yeah, because well, yeah, the last thing I want to do is take it, is, is go, I, here's a brush, it broke. Well, that's not what it's supposed to do. <laughs> so here's another brush or I'll just give you your money back. And the, the returns weren't so ridiculous that we lost money on it, but I didn't want that. That to me was eroding our, the trust and goodwill that I had built up over, you know, more than like close to 20 years. And so it's like, oh, so you're going to do all this work and then you're just going to sell the same shitty products that everyone else sells. This sucks. And that's not the kind of business that I want to run. So not having control over the actual end product. And I had control over how it got packaged to an extent, but at any time that I wanted to increase the packaging or increase the customer experience, more and more and more money. Because I tried, so I had this, I had this kit. I made a kit. I took three of our um, chemicals. So I, I ended up stopped selling the brushes because they just, I didn't like, one, I didn't like the color because it's not the colors that I chose. They were red, white, and blue. And I'm like, I didn't even want white. I wanted blue and orange. And I got red, white, and blue. And I'm like, well, pfft. okay. So, I'll, and I, I have 1,500 of these things. And I'm like, it's not even branded correctly. The box had our logo on it, but that was about it. And I was like, oh, fuck this. I don't even have control over the box design. So how am I supposed to make, I can never make this product better. I'm at the mercy of my supplier. So that doesn't jive, that doesn't fit in my, you know, make products better, you know, make, the, make this industry better. It doesn't, it's, you know, it sucks. So with the chemicals, I thought, all right, well, I have these chemicals. And yeah, I could make minor changes to the label, which I always did. I changed the label constantly, which not a good move because that costs you money every time you do that, right? It eats into your margin every single time. And then I was like, oh, I'll make a kit. So I wanted to do custom boxes and I wanted custom stuff inside and I wanted to provide education. And, and the more you add to it, the more it just adds up, especially when you're not buying in large quantities, especially when you have zero control. So that's the thing is like, it's, it's not a warehouse I can drive to. It's not people I can talk to. It's just, I'm at the mercy of these other people. I hope that it's packaged correctly. So I would just keep ordering my own product for, you know, as quality control. Like, and I'm like, every time I got it, I was like, yeah, I mean, it's fine. How do I make this better? Now the companies, they keep, I keep addressing this and they are trying. So it is getting better, but it just sucks for someone like me who wants that control, who wants to be able to provide that experience to the customer. I, I wish that everything got delivered via FedEx because it's just a better experience. But sometimes it arrives with DHL. Sometimes it arrives with this other fucking stupid company. So it's like, 
And then sometimes it arrives in three days and sometimes it arrives in 10, like there's just no consistency whatsoever. And that's still the case. And I'm just like, oh, this sucks. But the only way to solve that, at least for me, was to just go, and I looked into this and I continue to look into this, which is maybe I get my own warehouse. Maybe I hire my own people. Maybe we just do this shit ourselves. It still, still crosses my mind to this day. Because I know that if we did it and I developed processes, it would be a better experience. But it will eat into our margin significantly. And so that's the game you have to play. All right. Now, I said that those were the lessons I learned. And so, hypothetically, if I had to start this from scratch all over again, what would I have done differently? We would have bought small run of products, I said that. Created a kit only, one, one SKU, not two SKUs, one SKU. And sold it to our email list. Proved the concept worked. And I would have packed and shipped all the boxes myself to control how it looked to the customer. So I'll repeat that because I think it's important. What I would have done from day one, and again, I can still do this. So it's not, I just said, I would, I'm th still thinking about it. I would do it myself. Small though, boutique style. Prove the concept. De design the whole customer experience, write every single piece of the process down and sell only via my own audience so that I could control the rate at which we had to pack and ship. Because yeah, if I had to send, if I did that first email where I sent out, I would have, that would have been a whole week of my life just packing and shipping boxes. It would have been insane. But it would have proved the concept and the customer would have gotten delivered perfectly and, and any fault the only person I would be able to blame is myself. So again, I would keep sales slow to keep up with shipping things myself. And I would have kept improving the product packaging. Like the, the bottle design, the, how it was packed in the box, you know, the, 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 the educational material that went in the box. And I, and I wouldn't have made any money, by the way. I would have just used... I would have broke even at, at best because I would have spent all of the money on these boutique things and made a really great experience. And I would have, I don't think, I, did I put this in here? Yeah, I would have, I would have, yeah, I wrote this down, there's number four. I would have locked my business model from the very beginning, which, I would decide about being a chemical subscription company or an education company that shipped free stuff and bundled it. But I would have decided that from the get and go, okay, this is what we're going for and we're gonna, we're gonna go until it, and, and see if it makes sense. And subscription's really tough because you know, you have to have product and you have to keep shipping. So it kind of locks you in. But if we decided, oh, let's do courses and then throw the products on in the back end, that's a little different. 
because if we decide to stop selling those products, well then we don't we just don't offer that anymore. But with a subscription, it's like that's our offer. We better keep offering that. The last thing, and this is the this is the one that I did not see coming. And should have. And this is where I didn't get enough education. Sales tax. In every state. <laughs> I had talked to Kevin of uh, Epic Gardening and I said, uh, well, uh, wait a minute. How do you deal with sales tax in like Nevada? If you sell to Nevada. And he's like, I got I got somebody that does that for me. It's like, I was like, oh man. That's nuts. <laughs> so, okay, my supplier, they ship, they only sell via Amazon. Well, Amazon's a marketplace. They take care of all that. If you're just a Shopify store, you take care of all that. That means if you're selling units in all these states, that means that you have to pay sales tax every month in those states, every one of them, separately. There are soft, there's software that can do it, but we're talking about government websites in 50 states. So have fun with that. Something I did not fucking know and would have been like, oh, holy crap, that's, that's not fun, right? So lesson learned, I guess. But that would have been okay had I just done it slowly and ramped up slowly instead of buying a ton of product, putting a ton of money into advertising and selling the shit out of units and not making any money and, and trying to scale fast. So that was me not educating and being smart. And, and, and that's the other thing too. It, 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 it pulled my focus away from the thing that we did best because I was just trying something new. And again, I was trying it because I wanted to do it as a money lab experiment. It makes for great content, makes for this podcast great content, but it doesn't make for a great business if you're pulled in 10 different directions. Now, we still do it. It's still viable. We're going to make a profit. But ultimately, I failed at starting it and I would have done it differently. And I believe that you know, had I put all of my effort into it and education and learned and just, eva- you know, the same way I did with, with in the beginning when I was working on my website. It's like, be an expert, get, you know, get really good at this. And I didn't get really good at it. I got fine. I got good enough at it, which, you know, you know, it's like one of the things I didn't do, I didn't keep track of my inventory. I, I expected my supplier to know. And I expected these apps to know. But I didn't even have a, a simple-ass spreadsheet. Like, how many things did I order? <laughs> and when, you know, I didn't keep track of it. I had it in POs, but I didn't, I didn't really do a good job at tracking that. I tried to do uh, inventory management. I, was, I knew what my safety stock number was. But I didn't know how much I had in stock. <laughs> that's ins- and that sounds insane, and it is insane, but, and that's something I go, that was stupid. That was me being irresponsible. Now I know, but <laughs> at the time I, 
I just thought, I'm not dealing with that much. So I, I know off the top of my head. It's in my head. No, that's got to be when – you, when you order 2,500 units of something, you better – just like with finances, you better know where the fuck it goes, how many goes there, how many you – know, you need to track it every step of the way, especially if it's not in your own warehouse. And that's the thing. Like I didn't have my own warehouse. I couldn't go count. So it's just like I had to, I had to know from the get. So yeah, I didn't do that. Do it now, <laughs> but yeah, that was and that you know what what that did was I bought too much product because I didn't know what I had in stock. So I was just ordering, not knowing I already had things ordered and paid for. I'm like, oh, I didn't know I had that. <sighs> that problem wouldn't have happened had I been in more control of it. And I think starting small. Like that. If you're going to do, I guess my advice is like, yeah, you could do it the way I did it, which is like completely hands off. You know, you're not touching the product ever and somebody else is doing it. But you lose quality control. You lose the, a, a way to improve shipping. I, like I could have made my shipping better. You know, I could have, um, you know, I could have had this product in stock. Could have been in my garage for fuck's sake. I didn't even really need to have a warehouse, although probably wouldn't have been a good idea and glad I never did it. But, you know, um, if I had my own warehouse, I'd be like, all right, here's my product. Okay. Sale comes through. I'm going to package it this way. I'm going to write every process down. I'm going to buy this particular product. Hey, I bought these bags. These bags kind of suck. Let me go buy, let me go try to buy a new bag or, Hey, we're getting this feedback from the customer that said the bag came untied. Okay. Well, let's fix that. I can fix that for the next, you know, uh, shipment. And yes, it would have cost more money. I probably wouldn't have made any money on that first allotment, but I would have learned a ton and I would have been like, Ooh, you know what? We could, instead of spending money on custom design boxes, let's spend money on, you know, a better insert card or something to, to upsell another thing or whatever. And I can print that right off my computer. I don't even have to, like, I can do that one-off and just test it and see what happens. Like that makes so much sense. You're like, Oh, I want to, instead of putting the, this product over on the left, let's put it on the right because that's the first product you pick up. And all these little tiny things I could have just slowly developed a really good process and then either bring somebody in to just do that or, you know, move it to another, a three PL and go, here is the SOP. It's fucking perfect. Do exactly what's on here. I'm going to keep an eye on you. I'm going to order my own product. And if it is not done according to the SOP, I will find some other 3PL that'll do it. Or again, I'll just buy my own damn thing and do it myself. So I will say this. It, it became, what's, what's nice about it currently is that it's very hands-off for me and people get in the product and no one's complaining. So it's like, okay, things are fine. I want things to be better, but maybe it's just not worth it. I'd rather improve things that are more in my control for now. But yeah, ultimately mistakes were made. Mistakes were corrected. It, 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 as a two year experiment, I call it a fail. Learned a ton, though.
and improving it now, but ultimately a failure. So I'm sure people are going to have questions. <laughs> uh, so if you're listening this far and you have a question about it, you can ask me. I, I may or may not return your email depending on what, I, what information I want to give out. But maybe I'll make for another episode that I can get a little bit more information about. So that would be good. So email me, mattatmoneylab.co. And that's it. Bye.